Okay. Hi, our listeners. Welcome back to exciting high energy podcast where we're melting down about war in Ukraine and girl troubles. Is it paywalled or it's gone? I think this one is going to be free. Yeah. I also think so, because uh, we are not so energetic and prepared as we are preparing for our uh, payout uh, podcast in Patreon. Yeah, but at the same time, I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank all of the people that already subscribed to our Patreon, the probably the lowest effort podcast ever. Thanks for supporting us, <laughs> notwithstanding how rarely we put out our episodes. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a quick reminder that all uh, money will go to local volunteers' funds. And, uh, for example, Livy Berich, it's probably going to be it. Uh, but it depends on uh, needs uh, in particular time. So, yeah, so now I'm in Kiev. Okay. Uh, no, now I'm in Odessa, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but mentally, I'm in Kiev. This is an interesting episode because in, in our last episode, Alina was in Germany I'm still in Canada. For half of the year. Yes, for half of the year. For half of the year. Uh, because I came here at the beginning of September and stayed for the whole September. And uh, I'm leaving, uh, I'm going back to Germany in October. I haven't been uh, away from home for such a long time. And, uh, of course, uh, it was quite a... <laughs> Uh, it was quite an experience. It was quite an experience uh, in my life. It wasn't like uh, casual tourism or, you know, you just decided to live in Germany uh, uh, on a whim. Yeah, like, I, I hope I will never decide to do so. And uh, <laughs> uh, and I probably won't. Um, yeah, so I think I will be, like, reporting from the field of uh, uh, <laughs> of the wild vibe shift. Shifting Kiev. Yeah, so uh, I guess since uh, last time you were in Kiev was when the war just started, I guess I wanted to ask you, when you came back, how was it How was it emotionally and psychologically to come back? And what do you think is different in Kiev yeah, right now? Uh, I'm as well disgusted with the people who also were absent for more than a couple of months uh, or haven't been in Kyiv at all. And I think we all had the same experience. Um, in one hand, you have like really high expectation towards Kyiv because towards Ukraine in general, because while sitting in, somewhere in Europe, you think about Ukraine as a paradise. Uh, in one hand, when you came like rapidly back, uh, you shocked because like yeah there's some rude people uh there's like some weird infrastructure uh oh it's still ukraine yeah it's chaotic energy but uh at the same time you're shocked because like it's the same uh, place that you left uh, like not like so chaotic as it was at the beginning of the full-scale invasion but like as it was while we were living there uh so you get adapted to it uh really fast uh, at one point you like shocked uh, like just the, to eat uh, any kind of regular normal food and meet your friends that you haven't seen for a while or just go for to this uh, fancy places in Kiev and drink your cappuccino uh, with coconut milk uh, that people in Germany do not use at all <laughs> for example 
really, really, really important uh, asset of Ukrainian culture you know, uh, is uh, having coconut yeah. milk. Yeah, <laughs> cappuccino. You actually can have it uh, very uh, whatever you want. Uh, even in the, I think in botanical garden, you, they also. Uh, it's a, it doesn't matter. So, uh, the thing is, after some time, you get used to Ukraine, and even this like sirens is stopped. Like uh, all these sirens is fine for you from the first day probably because no one gives a fuck anymore uh that it, it's bad but, but what can you do uh when you get used to that or uh, so are uh, you just uh, understand that yeah your life kind of came back but not really like you feel that something changed that there's less people around you and the prices are higher and uh, you mean just in general there are less people now yeah yeah you feel that you like see that there's uh, definitely less people at the streets at the especially like at the weekends like you get used to that there's a uh, crowds and of course uh, this uh, car- curfew? curfew yeah yeah, yeah uh, there's still curfew yeah. uh, so yeah so you after 11 you are forbidden to be outside so people hanging out between until that uh so it's also changed your i don't know your schedule in some way yeah and like lifest- the plan for the day yeah and a lifestyle of course if you uh, <laughs> like there's always an option to stay at someone place <laughs> of course but it's not like i will just stay for a couple of hours no it's like you need to <laughs> need some has you need to have some dedication like i will stay yeah, at yeah. your place the, today the the stakes are higher it's not like you can just i don't know hook up with someone you met from tinder and then just leave it's like yeah, you, you gotta fucking spend the night have, together yeah a night together and then uh, he probably will make you some breakfast or uh, or not when does the curfew ch- um, stop I think it's from uh, 11 to 6 a.m Five. Yeah, six or five, even five I think it's even five so you can like actually yeah. you can go until <laughs> yeah, but I think it, it was nice that a couple of my friends uh, that I was staying uh, for a night, like randomly, I just realized that, for example, I'm too tired or a uh, taxi is too expensive for me. And they had uh, like an extra toothbrush <laughs> for guests. It's mm-hmm. not so uh, common and usual uh, back in the days, but now, like, people are like, yeah, of course, I have some extra toothbrush because, you know, <laughs> curfew, uh, like wartime. Yeah, yeah, it kind of forces people to be a little bit more responsible and uh like plan their night yeah, and more because you have less options to get yeah, out yeah so get out like just in the mood like in the movie. yeah just just uh, like in the movie yeah just uh and also random uh, movie recommendation bodies 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 uh i think it's hilarious and also about uh being not able to get out and uh, yeah so the wipe in kiev is actually amazing because you feel um you feel I, I was scared that I will felt as I felt before really alone or something like that or depressive. I think I will be eventually uh, have some I don't know uh, autumn depression uh, if I will stay for more uh, weeks. But in general, you feel like united with everyone, and uh, it's so cool to understand that everyone had the same experience as you. Like we all scared about nuclear threat. Not only you sitting in Germany reading news and or people around you is totally fine no here's like 
everyone is fine. No one is like panic at public. Like they're trying to live their life as usual. Yeah. Uh, but in general, yeah, I don't know. I I accept uh, a lot of stuff uh, being there, being here, and also I understand how much I love my life in Kiev because like. I kind of make it by my own because I'm originally from Odessa. I came uh, in, to Kiev and started from beginning, uh, meeting new people. and Started from the bottom. Yes, yeah, so from the bottom to the top. To the bottom, <laughs> to the top of the bottom, yeah. you know. <laughs> or just move to another bottom, I don't know. <laughs> just, you know, horizontally, just found another one. And uh, yeah, actually, also memes about how uh, horny guys uh, in Ukraine and like how desperate they are, not even horny, like how desperate they are, just like a dogs. No, it's actually not working for me at all. I don't know. For me, like guys acting as if <laughs> it's actually not working for me at <laughs> but, all. <laughs> yeah, but I hang out. I hang out once with the, all these volunteers that I uh, used to talk about at the pod. Yeah, of course they're not so charming. <laughs> the, like when they turn out to be not so charming, but we still support them. <laughs> yeah, but I still support them, and I think they're cool. But uh, at the same time, I realized, yeah, they're probably still not the best personalities in the world. Yeah, but they cool that they're doing what they're doing. But they, yeah, they don't care about me. And no, it's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's the main problem. No one cares about me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and and also it's cold in Kiev. But yeah, but I'm uh, I want to go back in Kiev eventually. Like I think in uh, at the beginning of spring. But yeah, we will see. Maybe I will die of nuclear disaster. Uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but I hope not. But I hope we all survived um, these threats. <clears throat> and um, I feel like I, I I feel like a lot of people in North. America and uh, in Europe don't like still don't quite understand how does it work that we're under full-scale invasion and it's really intense in some parts of Ukraine well in most parts of Ukraine yeah like I went in Odessa and here's all these uh, Iran drones uh, like just floating around and bombing random places like yesterday like today at the night uh, there was also some bombing uh, in Odessa oblast uh, with these uh, drones so it's actually not safe. Yes, but then at it's, the same time, yeah. like the coffee shops, the stores continue operating. And I feel like it's been such a long time, but I feel like people in the West still don't understand, like, how is it possible? But the thing is, it's like, it's economical as well as psychological when you live under deadly grave threat. After a few weeks, you just get adjusted to that. And you and you just need to like show up and keep going because there's no other way. You can't just like yeah, yeah. be left in shock and uh, stop your economy and not do anything. Yeah, sure. It's like a lot of people here accepted. Uh, I think all people that I talked to accepted the things with a uh, mobilization for them. Like uh, they accept it as like yeah, it can happen. It's probably happen. It's fine. Uh, for example, the situation. Uh, one of my uh, acquaintances uh, said that uh, his friend got um, kind of how to say notice that he need to come uh, and probably be mobilized because he actually because he was late at the like he skipped the curfew like for twenty or thirty minutes like he was late uh, and he yeah we get like this kind of I don't know wait your friend the friend in Ukraine yeah 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 like he got a letter my friend okay, he got a letter from enlistment yeah office. yeah sure yeah yeah and uh, he's like he like I don't know what to do and in the group chat as uh, 
he and his friend discussed that, discussed that and a group of people, his friends, said, yeah, we will go together or something. Like, we'll go with you. Um, together it will be easier uh, like they're not joking like they're not just like playing around and pretend that they will go probably not all of them will go but they like acting seriously and it's uh, common stuff here like if your friend go you go with them like for example with the uh, guys who go some for I don't know some box or yeah. any kind of fighting so they uh, came to the battlefield as a group uh, most of the time and uh, yeah the same with the nuclear threats and uh, a possibility of that one of my uh also friend said like yeah it's probably it could happen in november and it's probably happen when uh ukraine uh it's his suggestion of course uh but he like yeah it's probably happen uh, when ukraine or will try to uh, get back crimea mm-hmm. uh and we need to yeah be, be aware and prepared for that and you should left um, it and if uh, everything will be okay uh, like you survive or we also also survived and uh, meet you in uh, at spring uh, so and it's not like jokes or some dramatic moments. So they say like it's with the, like regular faces. We discussed I don't know pizza or yeah any kind of movies. Uh, just so-, so just just so we're clear with our listeners, like we're currently talking about the recent news about the partial, as they say, mobilization in Russia, which is actually not partial at all. They're trying to mobilize a million people, um, and uh, because of that, I guess some people in Ukraine got notices from recruitment offices. And uh, I guess that's basically the difference between ordinary Russian and Ukrainian population is that in Russia, they're currently, well, either trying to find ways to avoid being recruited or, I don't know, don't even question it and just go to war. Uh, whereas in Ukraine, just, it's like yeah. your friends, if you if you get a notice, your friends are suggesting that they go with you. Like. Yeah, in if is and a lot of people even without that like planning to go to the battlefield because like it's better than just sitting and uh, do nothing and accepting your fate. Also, like yeah, of course there's a different people, but not like it's not usual to uh, scream and cry about how you can't leave the country, how you need to get mobilized. Yeah, people accept that because they knew what they're fighting for and what they stands for, and they have any kind of, like at least some idea of what they're doing, not just like, I also read about this uh, uh, kind of mass shooting uh, that uh, not only Russian, but like uh, uh, people from different parts of this uh, Russian uh, Federation are doing. And I think, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like What, what happened? Because uh, I just saw, I didn't read the news, but I saw a headline about a mass shooting in Russia, I think. Yeah. Yeah, one guy after being mobilized or like just get in this, uh, yeah, just get it noticed or something. And he came, I don't remember where exactly, but yeah, he committed a mass shooting and killed like, you know, 13 people or, or eight people, like some amount of people, yeah. Uh, and it's not the only um, situation. It's also was with uh, another guy in another region, but he killed only one guy, but it also was like, Killing after being mobilized. Psychologically, Russia is starting to fall apart. I think, yeah, I discussed it with the uh, best friend of the pod. <laughs> uh, I discussed it that Russia is actually just killing themselves. Uh, uh, you know, it's just way of evolution uh, when you're like not uh, adapted to the survival of the fittest. Yeah, and they're not surviving at all. I think we just we can just close them and they will 
kill themselves because it's it's such so ridiculous yeah yeah just to just to give it some context so basically mobilization mobilization was announced in russia and uh there were two kinds of reaction among the russian society to that i would say that like some people just like don't even question what is it that they're fighting for if putin says go to war they go to war people uh, who going to be mobilized and die and usually people who are like more inclined to get recruited, go to war, come from um, less economically prosperous regions. They don't have that kind of access to information or they're completely brainwashed by propaganda. So they just support their leader, no question asked. Another like segment is more intellectually developed Russian elites who had seven months to organize and protest the war to show that they actually give a fuck about genocide happening in Ukraine, but they didn't. So now some of the small scale protests that we saw all around social media were against mobilization, not against war. So basically what why Ukrainians don't have so much empathy to regular Russian people right now is because to us, it seems like they didn't give a fuck about the war crimes committed in Ukraine the nuclear threats, the bombings, all that stuff, they only started to care when war came knocking at their door. They got scared for their asses, and now they're trying to run away. Yeah. It, yeah, and, until it was comfortable for them, and they, were, they weren't giving any fuck about that. Yeah. Even even now, I read some, I don't know, some chats uh, uh, with the like, classes of photography I used to, uh, to, used to bend, and uh, the, it's ridiculous how they, like, Oh, I was planning to work, uh, live in Portugal and work in uh, Saint Petersburg, and now I don't know. Like, what? Really? Like, uh, they're so scared about the SS now, but it's not about uh, because like they're against the war. Yeah, they just don't wanna uh, be part of it. In uh, and but in in any way, they uh, a, a couple of people uh, went to this anti-mobilization uh, protest, and uh, of course they were beaten and. Uh, maybe some of them will die but it's work like this you know you will die eventually like if you like understanding what is happening and what and like any everyone except russian it looks like understanding what's happening and what will happen you know, with the whole world like will may die from yeah nuclear winter i mean right now uh, yes right now it's uh it's a fucking nightmare um, for Russians because they chose not to do anything yeah. for the last seven months because basically it's like... And uh, eight years and like the hundreds years of that because actually they find... Yeah, so the thing is they don't really have a choice now. Um, for Russian men right now, there are only two options. They either go to war and die because they're not prepared they don't have they don't have the equipment that they need and uh, it's going to be winter soon so the situation on the front lines is going to be complete is going to be extremely difficult yeah and also actually i also heard uh, sorry to interrupt you but i also heard the rumors that uh, already mobilized people uh, came to the battlefield and they already died in, in, over there like it was, was from one of uh, like friend of my have friends who on the battlefield now and he said, like, it's uh, it's crazy, but there there was already, like, mobilized a group of people at the front. And we were, like, yeah. they already died. Yeah. And so usually usually when, um, when people don't have too much military experience, 
their government, the Russian government is telling them, oh, we're not going to put you on the front lines. We're going to keep you in the back and we'll, we'll have like more educated, more well-equipped soldiers at the front. But that's not actually true. Usually they use, they basically use them like it's a meat grinder. They basically send them so that Ukrainian army could uh, deplete their resources by killing the not experienced people who were just recently mobilized. So that then they... And also, of course, it will be mobilized more people from Ukraine as well to... Yeah. yeah even though it's just uh, not professional uh, guys, anyway, you need more... Uh, and so yeah, more what people. I was saying is, uh, so they either get sent to war to die, or if they say no to the mobilization notice, they might get charged and they might go to prison. And then there are also programs in Russia which mobilize people from prison. So it's like you're getting sent to the meat grinder either way because your government doesn't care, has no regard for human life whatsoever. And so basically right now for them, the most sensible decision is to try to avoid being sent to war. And so they're trying to escape. It's a, like I've been thinking about this a lot because it's a very like difficult. It's a very controversial issue to think about. In terms of, I feel, I genuinely feel bad for all of the people that, on a personal level, that did not contribute to Putin starting a war with Ukraine, but then at the same time, they didn't use their responsibility and their opportunity to do something to prevent the situation from escalating. It's the consequences, you know, it's just the consequences for the action or non-action. Yes, yes. And I think other countries shouldn't be, don't, should be responsible for that. Like, they uh, talking about, like, all these visas and uh, stuff, but no, actually, it's, there's, there's, it's their fault, so they should answer for that in some way, but, or, just uh, manage it by their own. Anyway, other countries will help them. For example, Germany, they're already like, accepting a lot of Russians and giving them visas. Uh, there's, anyway, some... Can't, or just they're using uh, the countries nearby them, like Kazakhstan or Georgia. This is also shitty because like, they also invaded to Georgia. Uh, in 2008. So, actually, I had a question that I wanted to ask you because um, I was thinking about it a lot and I haven't... I haven't considered that before, but I feel like one of the reasons why Germany is a bit more like empathetic towards the Russians right now, because basically the big debate right now is whether bordering countries need to close their borders and not accept Russian refugees or whether they should accept them. And I feel like while I would personally not want Russians in Europe, at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, the Second World War... Russian men's. It's Russian men's. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, it's my possession of men, not the woman. Yeah. So, um, yesterday, me and my friend, we had a conversation and she brought up a valid point. A lot of the political commentators say that the Second World War was basically a consequence of the First World War because after the First World War, there were very severe sanctions that were placed on Germany which later became a sentiment that Hitler used to incite this uh, nationalistic idea within the country and basically created this ideology of Jews being the scapegoats and uh, Jews as a group being the ones to blame for the very um, strict sanctions that were placed on Germany. And in a similar way right now, an argument is that if we try to alienate Russia and uh, like hate them with such vigor, 
this will just cause them to become more and more radicalized because if we continue if we continue not giving them visa and basically try to like alienate them from political arena this will become a reason for them in that they will find a reason to believe that yeah actually the rest of the world hates us so we need to become more radical and uh, maybe our leader putin was right Yeah, but for example, uh, they used the same uh, tactics even before sanctions and it became uh, like radicalized even before that. Uh, also, the visas uh, that um, Europe forbid uh, Russian is like for privileged group of people who can afford that anyway. And it's, uh, and it's also, also uh, only touristic ones. And uh, it, it could happen anything, but in general, like uh, the, everyone uh, tried to uh, Europe as well play the card like uh still by some still by gas from russian resources not closing the sky and uh, do whatever they needed to not like completely um uh, stop any kind of diplomatic talk with russia at all uh people over there i am um, i don't think so that because like now they can totally understand that it's their government uh sending them to death and this government abused them uh i think uh, uh government of russia not even how they can explain uh the thing with mobilization and why they took them uh, they're saying that there's not a lot of people die in a battlefield like only six thousands of people so why you need more of them you know yeah why do you need three hundred thousand? yeah like you know they lies uh in germany their their life was like more constructed one it was with the philosophy with a lot of like i don't know thoughts and uh, mythology that they constructed was uh huge and a uh, really powerful one uh in russia like of course like i think people over there not believing uh so much in what they're doing they just uh too scared to say something about that and just uh yeah just accepting anything uh, that the government doing with them so i'm not so scared about yeah russian being radicalized and uh they already thinking that they're better than someone and uh this group of liberals who like so said that they can't go to paris or something um I'm not sure that uh, it will work like this way. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, to me, like a big question is that Russia will not stop. Like Russia will not cease to exist after Ukraine wins this war. We can just act as if they don't exist, even though like I, I'm sure most of the Ukrainians would prefer to live their lives not ever thinking about Russia at all. But that's that's just like it it can be that we need to think about what kind of relationship we'll, we'll have to form with this country now it's separating um, itself so like and so i don't even know like i think it will destroy uh themselves eventually or it will destroy the whole world but i think like in general we can't discuss that in any kind of way because now they like attacking us and so it's like the second point uh like second step of thoughts it's when uh war will like at least stop or go to the go backwards at this point as it was like okay uh but the thing is yeah now it is a crucial moment uh because uh, of course with all this fake um uh voting and referendums in uh, occupied territories uh ukraine openly said that they won't uh, have any kind of uh, agreement after that Uh, because what's happening is uh, totally like terrorism and illegal 
and yeah but and then i i am agreeing of course because like what is now happening it's not like at the beginning of the war uh like full-scale invasion uh ukraine tried to speak to russian government but they refused and they uh uh, the yeah the whole yeah. the point is that we should not exist at all there is not like about yeah we need to do that and so no they're talking about yeah. yeah you need to just vanish and became part of the russia so it's 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 we and it's strange and uh, you know hard question and for me uh now i'm stuck in my thoughts as well because of course i I have I, I'm t- totally aware as a lot of people that uh, of course Russia and people will exist even though we, if you would, even do if you don't want to and how yeah. coexist with them it's the huge question that I can't I, th- I think no one can answer now uh, for now uh, and you can't um, as Ukrainian uh, you like also um, not sure that the government will change the whole situation uh like if Putin die and so on because it's some kind of mentality and the way they anyway uh the policy works but yeah we'll see i think i guess and uh i think in yeah i think we'll see if we survive <laughs> we um yeah yeah that's the thing like it, obviously like it is uh, it is impossible for ukrainians right now to even think about okay what kind of relationship are we going to be forming with russians because yeah. we're in no uh sense ready to do so right now when the situation is so acute yeah uh but then my my other question was okay if we try to be the big brother and we try to be smarter kinder whatever to russia than they are to us and we consider the fact that okay maybe the bordering countries can accept refugees then my question is who who will be left in russia like all of the people that are capable of thinking they're trying to leave right now but yeah. who will be there like who's going to be left to form any sort of meaningful resistance yeah it's the whole point actually that the thing is you can't save uh, russia if you just like leave it and uh, the um, uh, uh, as uh, elites war, uh, liberals uh, doing right now the whole like people who are against the war and all of them want to just leave not like rebuild their country it, they want to yeah. left this uh, uh, this uh, boat and uh, live somewhere else and the it's i think for me it's strange like we need to fix russia anyway like someone need yeah. to do that and the only people who can do that it's actually uh, these liberal russians who are against the war and uh, have i don't know some education and power but they all want to leave so how it should yeah. work so for me of course they shouldn't leave they need to fix that you know they need to fix that uh in or just struggle with that, I don't know, because uh, as Zelensky said, I, I agree with his point, uh, let's just uh, get Russians back to the country and... Yeah, yeah let them stay in yeah. their country, not forever, just like yeah. for a year or two, just yeah. like let them... Fix it. Sink, uh, yeah, let them fix it, like let them enjoy the, I don't know, enjoy the joys of living in Russia. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> um, and I think it's the whole point, like when everyone like... When even you say like you're not russophobic enough, uh, I think for a lot of people it's the whole point. Yeah, of course you have anger, and a lot of people want for all of Russia to die. But 
like the whole smart point that everyone had, like that them just came to their country, stop running around, uh, screaming, going to Paris, going somewhere, just stay in your country. Is it like fine for you? Is it you think it's okay? Uh, you're not doing anything. So for you, it's probably okay. So, okay, go back and live your perfect life in your perfect country or change it, of course, with blood. But as we saw in Iran and a lot of cases before that, and even no, of case of Maidan, yeah, of course, it's always death and struggle, but it's already death and struggle and it could be even worse. It could be end of the world if you're not doing so. Like, and... Uh, And for me, it's, of course, I can uh, blame, like, I don't know, their genetics or something, or uh, they just... <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, I have no... Actually, I have no idea, but, guys, if I understand, if you will uh, truly understand what's happening right now, you will understand that, yeah, you will die anyway, but at least die for something, and at least, at least try to change something, I think, and save the rest of the world and other countries. Be like compassionate about others, not about only thinking about yourself, what they are now doing with all this oh, mobilization. Of course, we uh, really sorry for Ukraine. No, you're not. Like it was the same with Svetnik today, this gallery that was uh, totally uh, okay with the war in Ukraine and all the post was like. Um, Like let's let's continue living, doing art, like it's important now, and so a lot of bullshit there. Not support any of their Ukrainian artists who were uh, uh, participating with exhibitions with them mm. uh, like a couple of years ago, and now they like yeah we need my they also of course friends of Dugin and uh, a couple of curators of them and now they're saying uh we need money uh, to relocate to another place uh, can you s and they also close the comments uh and uh, yeah because they left a couple of them as well as my friends but now they like uh sending yeah send us some bitcoins or something to help us relocate from russia because it's uh, dangerous for us and we are anti-war what you're not anti-war like you will like You're, you post one post. You, but... You're opportunist and you're just trying to save your ass from the situation and you're also trying to save all the finances that you have. Yeah, and that's all. And a lot of people acting like that. So, of course, uh, there's a small amount that uh, actually done something, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. It's sad to hear that um, they still didn't wake up. <laughs> My head hurts after uh, I thinking about that more for um, more than for a couple of minutes. Uh, so uh, yeah, we don't have a lot of extra time, and also so let's let's wrap it up here. <laughs> yeah, because we also want to discuss some um, Dex Friedman, and I think it's uh, we're going to do that all, uh, in our paid podcast. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. In the next podcast, we can talk about why is it so difficult for Ukrainians to listen to some dense academics talking about Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my uh, uh, my conclusion uh, that Ukraine it's an amazing country. People are here amazing. I uh, first for the couple of months I. Uh, finally cried because it was hard for me to do so in Germany. I have no idea why. I think I felt nothing in Germany, but here I felt uh, at home. I'm uh, glad that all my friends and relatives uh, from okay, so you can say they're all um, uh, alive at least and uh, had some um, peace in their uh, head uh, for some time. And uh, yeah, so I hope I will go back home. Um, like at the maybe a beginning of the spring or some some day, 
and uh, I wish everyone in Ukraine continue to fight and we will uh, all support as well me and all people who now uh, replaced from their home we will go back because it was the also the thing that a lot of uh, Ukrainian was um, asking me about and scared that uh, people uh, leaving Ukraine and they want to stay in Europe and they want going I'm not they're not going to go back and uh, I uh, I'm sure that a lot of people talented amazing who really love Ukraine and there's a lot of them who came back and help uh, rebuild us uh, rebuild everyone country and yeah so yeah. Slava Ukraine, Ukraine. 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 